This show was furnished by The Cochran Firm. Talk Radio 790. You are listening to A Nation Divided. We are coming to you live from Culver City in these tumultuous times, feeling happy and healthy and blessed. I am sitting across from my best friend, and I want you all to know that it is a socially acceptable distance. It is indeed. Through which I am sitting across from That's right. Jim. We're keeping our social distance, but we're not going to say the C word today. Exactly. We said we were not going to say that word today, so it's not going to – nothing related to that C word. Absolutely, right. we were wrong. It, you cannot talk about anything without somehow talking about the strange but times we're not going to say folks. the C word. That's All what right. we're going to do. Whatever you say, brother. Whatever you say. How you doing, huh? Man, I don't know. I'm, I'm pretty down, dude. Yeah. Little Richard. I can't believe it. You know, we think about what is it that makes America, America. And one of the most amazing contributions that we've made to the cultural well-being of the planet Absolutely. is rock and roll music. Rock and roll music. You can't say that it started anywhere else. And Little Richard was at the heart of it, man. Exactly. I and mean, he was influencing all the big guys. The Beatles copied his stuff. Well, just when you think about it, man, he's 87 years old. And it's just, our, there, you know, with just the raw power that's that's just in in, in that music. And that he was involved from the very beginning. And this is just a cultural juggernaut we lost, folks. We're going to do what we can at the break to show some tribute uh, to Little Richard. But as much as we'd like to talk about his life for the hour, we're going to be pivoting just a little bit to talk about some other things. Stuff we know about. Not really. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if I could play like no. Little Richard, I yeah, would right. not be doing yeah, this. I'll tell you right now. Richard, yeah. So, folks, there's been a lot of talk about the consciousness of America first, the idea that as Americans, that we should uh, look at ourselves first and that we should take care uh, in our consciousness of home before we look about, before we see about taking care of the needs of others. And as with most things, the issue becomes most starkly apparent when we talk about money. And what we're going to be talking about today for a short time, folks, is foreign aid. We're going to talk about the billions of dollars that our country gives to others in the way of foreign aid. We're going to talk about how that money is distributed. But most of all, folks, we're going to want to know if you agree with this idea. And as with many things, this has become a political football. There are many on the right who say we give too much money in foreign aid. There are many on the left who say we don't give enough. So we actually spent some time really looking into this. Now, as you may know, one of the topics that has garnered so much attention in the headlines deals with our president, which so many do, and the organization that is known as the World Health Organization, subsidiary of the United Nations. United tell, Nations. Tell our listeners about that, brother. So the World Health Organization is just one of the sub-departments for the UN. The UN obviously has lots of different missions. And the WHO has been around, I think it was 1948 or 49. So it's right after the UN was founded. Right. 
Yeah, so it's one of the earliest or, uh, departments or sub-departments. And it, it really is a group of experts from all around the world. Each country submits people. They send their best people to be part of it. And for most of the time that the WHO has existed, it's been the United States basically more or less in charge. Right now, we don't have a director general or deputy, deputy director general is what they call them that's on that group that's actually in charge and Australians in there and – you know, there's a there's a person from Great Britain in there, but we certainly give the most money to the WHO. As countries do, we do. Yes. But when we really looked into who's paying the WHO, it's a pretty interesting way in which it's funded. Because they basically say that every country who, which is in the United States should contribute. You should contribute a por- proportional share based on your gross dom- domestic product. And the United States. Yeah, there's a calculation that they do. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, basically, the WHO has the WHO has a an assessed amount that they look for from each member nation. Right. In the WHO. And that's kind of sort of supposed to be a mandatory number. And then there's a voluntary amount. And a lot of countries give a lot of money voluntarily. Obviously, being the United States, we're paying the most. But some of our biggest allies are also paying a lot too the uk right. pays a tremendous amount in voluntary aid to just the who and so there was a, a lot of ruffles a lot of feathers that got ruffled uh, when trump just unilaterally said we're not going to pay them anymore and one of the reasons why he said i think the sole reason he said because they dropped the ball uh, in terms of the response to covid19 uh, they did not uh, act quick to, quick enough right and again as as we are polarized all of the time, the left said, no, you're just trying to deflect attention from the fact that you didn't respond correctly. And, of course, the right is saying, no, the World Health Organization really did drop the ball. And a lot of misunderstanding, too, about what that statement really means. Yes. Maybe because uh, the president maybe doesn't quite understand what it means himself. But, but yeah, a lot of misunderstanding about what money is going to the WHO. How does it get there? And what's that really mean to say that we're cutting off? paying them for 60 to 90 days i think the original thing that that uh, president trump said was that they were he was going to suspend right funding the who for That's 60 correct. to 90 days well i mean right off the top i just gotta say i mean just in my research the who gets funded in two-year increments so they right. have a two-year budget and their two-year budget would have been paid for two years ago exactly yeah. and so when we think about this uh, sometimes we are going to disproportionately give blame just based on the way that we're wired at this point. And we've fallen into a psyche uh, as a nation where the president often gets a bad rap. Sometimes he doesn't. But he has become such a polarizing figure that it is as if almost anything that he does is going to create an awful lot of stir. Well, the truth is it brings it's a valid question. Are we really giving too much money? Think about this for a minute. I mean, in the trillions of dollars that we've just had to spend to try to stabilize our own economy and take care of our own people in this particular incident, whether we blame someone or not, like we said a few weeks ago on our blame game show for the C word, right? right? I mean, the truth is, is that it's time to, it may be time to reevaluate how much money we do send all over the world clearly the united states we're a big spender that way and we're we're a heartfelt people too right it's not just one thing that's kind of important for people to know too i think that sometimes they even forget is that it's not just the federal government the united states federal government that's giving money it's individuals right i mean they're there people come here they move here they work here and then they send their money that they make in the united states overseas to families and other places and that's a big part of the aid that's not even accounted for in federal spending So, folks, 
what we're going to want to know from you is, do you think this is right? Um, we're going to open up the, the lines. You can call us at 1-800-222-5222. Once again, 1-800-222-KBC. And the topic of the discussion is going to be, does the United States give too much money in foreign aid? What does your gut tell you? Uh, are we really responsible for organizations such as the United Nations, such as the World Health Organization? Is this something that is, un, is disproportionately our responsibility? Should it be? Or should we be just at this point saying, we're going to take care of America only right. in terms of the way that we look at the distribution of our finite resources? Well, and the other question you have to ask is, is that when we are spending money around the world, are we effectively spending money for the United States? In other words, are we keeping our best interest in mind when we're doing that? Is it benefiting us? Right. And, you know, these are some of the things that we want to know. And, folks, as we always say, it doesn't matter if you have a degree in economics. It doesn't matter if you've uh, actually worked for the U.N. or not. It doesn't, doesn't even matter. matter if you want to use the C word. You can exactly. call, If you want to you use call, the C word, you're fine. No problem You're not going to do it, but everybody else can do it, yeah. It doesn't matter if you just got out of prison or if you just got out of Harvard. Uh, we just kind of want to know what you think. And it, it's just more of a conceptual idea, really. Should America only be focused on America? Or should we see our consciousness as part of a global family? And in terms of the way you look at our relationship to the outside world, that really is going to kind of dictate where you come down on this issue. If you'd like to join the discussion, folks, we'd love to hear from you. You can reach us at 1-800-222-5222. 1-800-222-KBC. But before we get to that, there is one very interesting thing that Jim found with regard to who actually funds the WHL. Oh, yeah. And yeah, this is interesting. Yeah. I'm just going to let you lead into it. folks. Yeah, so, In a million years, you probably are never going to realize what Jim is getting ready to right. say. Right. It, it kind of it blew me away, too, when I came to it. Obviously, the United States sends a tremendous amount of money all over the world for all different reasons. We've talked about it, you know, right. and in, in past shows, even military spending and, and the like. But Correct. when it just comes to the WHO and the spending for the WHO, the United States of America is the number one contributor as a single entity to the World Health Organization. But? But, yeah, the, like the, those, like 2018, 2019, it was approximately $830 million the United States donated all, or gay, funded all in. Shouldn't say donated, funded all in. But the number two organization is not the UK. It's not Japan. It's not China. It's not Germany. It's the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Correct. And they're coming in at just about $500 million. And then here's what's interesting. The third, the number three organization, is a separate organization that's called the Gives Alliance. And this organization, funded by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, you add up the total number. They're 230 with the 500. Basically, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation pays as much, slightly more than the United the States. The entire government. The entire government into the WHO. I thought that was fascinating. It, it is fascinating because you, you, know, you have a private he's, individual. He's willing to put his money where his mouth is. Right? Well, you yeah, you've, you've got to respect that. You definitely yeah. have to respect that. But when you look at the you know America versus the world or America as, as part of the global family, we represent roughly 4.25%. It's less than 5% of the entire world population. Right. But it seems as though... In terms of the way that we're raised, uh, we only really are raised speaking English. Uh, if you were uh, born, for example, in Spain or France, or you'd learn a lot of languages growing up. 
And you learn to think in terms of your country as being part of a whole. Well, it's funny that you say that, Brian, because I was thinking about this earlier. I was thinking, okay, so we do spend this money all over the world. How does that really benefit us? Well, one thing is Americans travel everywhere. Absolutely. And, and you, know, you, can, you can argue about how well we're treated, but the truth is pretty much everywhere you go, people speak English. And when you're an American, you get a certain set of treatment. Right. We've got embassies and, and places all over the world to take care of us. So in a way, when we're spending money in other parts of the world, it's kind of coming back to us just for that alone. If you'd like to join the discussion, folks, you can reach us at 1-800-222-5222. We're going to go to Ed. Uh, what's the time? Oh, uh, we got to go to break right now. Actually, we, we got to go, we gotta go to Ed, yeah. we're going to get to you right after the break. Yeah, Sit on, tight. Uh, they're yelling at me to go to a break. We'll be right back, folks. We're going to be playing some Little wonderful hits from the iconic Little Richard today. We lost a great one, folks. Sit tight. We'll be right back. This is who we are as Americans. This is America. This didn't originate anywhere. This is part of our culture. This is part of... It's part of slavery. It's part of the blues. It's part of everything that happened in the Deep South. You know, you're bringing up something. This is this actually. It really, truly is this. This is the essence of the of the United States. I mean, there's a lot of other kinds of music around the world, but we started this. Speed, baby, speed. The fact that we invented professional wrestling is something that I'm a little less proud of. Yeah, yeah. But still, folks, uh, we're going to be talking about money. Uh, As you all know, uh, there is going to be an issue. Anytime the president opens his mouth, <laughs> we're looking at foreign aid and we're looking generally at how do you see it? What is your gut feeling? Are yeah. we giving too much? Do we give too much? Or should we not give it enough? Should we not? Where should we be giving it? I mean, it, it's valid to ask the question, we're, regardless of the side of the aisle that you're on. It's valid to ask the question. Exactly. You can yeah. join the discussion at 1-800-222-5222. 1-800-222-KBC. We don't care if you have a degree. We just want to know what your gut tells you. Ed from Aliso Viejo, I want to thank you so much for holding and being so patient. Welcome to A Nation Divided, brother. We are dying to know what you think. (laughs) Great. Thank you. Uh, Yeah, I think it's it's an interesting topic. Um, I actually think the U.S., um, given, you know, dollars um, out is good. We call it foreign aid, but the reality is it's dollars, and we need to prop up the dollar worldwide. It's a way of keeping the currency strong. So I, I do agree we do give proportionately, I think, appropriately for the size of our nation and for the benefits that we get because of a stronger dollar out there in the world. And I do think the other side of the thing that you were mentioning, though, it's really interesting, is the whole thing around the WHO. Um, I, I personally find where, again, I'm having difficulty. Um, it's not with the president. I mean, he could do whatever he wants to do. I really care. You could vote him in or out of office. What bothers me is do you think? Let me stop you. Do you think at this point? Media. I just want to ask you. Do you think at this point, and we're going to get back to your point, that any person's view of Trump, pro or con, bad or good, will ever change <laughs> between now and November? Um, I don't think people, you know, vote all the time on who they like or dislike. I think a lot of people just vote on who's going to get the job done. You know, that's all that's we're really looking point. for. Great point. Ed. And. Um, at this point, when I'm looking at who are the candidates, I'm really not seeing the other side getting the job done. I wish there was a better candidate. 
Um, who knows if that might change in the future, but at this stage, I'm just looking at who's going to get the job done best. And right now, I just don't see somebody on the other side sort of there to do that for me. Great point, so Ed. And I didn't want to take you off track. But in terms of where you were headed, in terms of with the, with the funding that we give proportionate to who we are, uh, there are a lot of folks out there that have this idea. And it sometimes is equated with a political jargon that, that says America first. And that has a lot of different connotations. Sometimes it means jobs should stay here. Sometimes it means, you know, we shouldn't outsource uh, foreign, uh, we, we shouldn't outsource our, our uh, manufacturing in other countries. But I was kind of interested, though, but, Ed was but, starting to say a minute ago about the WHO. You had a comment to make about the WHO specifically, Ed. What were you going to say about that? Well, it, it, it's all around again. You know, when all this was happening, I, I sort of go back to the news media. I look for them for information, and I find right now they're not focusing on the things that they've been should be focused because they're right. traumatized too by the whole presidency and everything going on there, and they're, that's good ratings for them. But they're not servicing the people well by giving us the information so we Great can determine what point. is the right actions that people have made or not made regarding this whole um, debacle that's been going on for the last three months. You know, to me, right. I, I keep going back to the news media, and we keep putting it into a political jargons when I'm like. They right. should be basically hold, held accountable for their integrity or lack of integrity. And I find right, right now there's sort of a lacking in integrity, and they're and just I, looking I, for scapegoats. Definitely, you know, before, Ed, and I, that's such a great point. Before, I think, before this started, Ed, did you even know what the WHO was? Like, had you heard of it? You heard people talk about it, what their job was, what they were supposed to do? I mean, is it something that was even on your radar screen? It's sort of funny you say that. I, I felt a little stupid. But it was like, I'm like, is this Dr. Seuss who? Who? Who is this who? Who is this who guy? Who? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I, I think that's the thing that I, I think a lot of people felt that way, right? And they kind of wanted to know, well, what's what does the WHO have to do with pandemic response specifically, right? right? And folks, we'd love to know what you think. You can reach us at 1-800-222-5222, 1-800-222-5222. During the week, you could always hit us up at nationdividedradio.com. Uh, we always are interested to see our listeners' input uh, with regard to some topics that they think that they might want to hear about, uh, some of the obnoxious things that uh, I have said, never Jim, but me. No. And you know, we always really want to focus on just what you feel in your gut. And when we start talking about money, we know that that's a finite resource. And there are a lot of folks that just really might not know uh, the exact numbers with regard to really what we're talking about uh, when we talk about foreign aid, uh, only a, sub, a small subsidiary of which goes to organizations w, such like as the WHO. WHO. I think the one thing that really kind of caught my attention early on when they were first talking about the response that the WHO made, whether it was uh, correct or not, whether they screwed up or not, is the the raw numbers of the amount of money that we spend or give to the WHO right. versus China right? and how that worked out. And so like the, the raw numbers are $893 million for a two-year budgetary period from 2018 to 2019 from the United States, $86 million from China. And I, the concern has been – and it's a valid concern. To, it's something that we should discuss is that does China have a disproportionate uh, – a, influence in the who relative to the amount of money that they're spending right and all of these things are murky because what we basically are hearing if we listen to the news media right if we listen to our political leadership you're going to have a slant almost everything that with regard to the information that you're getting 
it's going to be an agenda behind it. And there's going to be something in the speaker and some something that they want you to believe, some person they want you to be angry at, some situation that they want you to have an opinion on. Absolutely. And if you actually look at the what's really happening, this is an organization that has existed for a long time. Their first mission was dealing with polio. Right. And they're they did a pretty darn good job of it, too. I mean, we obviously exactly. we were a major part of that, but we always have been. That's the thing about the United Nations. And it goes all the way back to the we were talking about this before. It goes back to the Marshall Plan. Right. It goes back to right after World War Two. And then, of course, today it's called the, the Foreign Aid Act. That was the revision of what essentially was the Marshall Plan and became, among other things, what funded the United Nations. But it's we ultimately did it for ourselves. And that's something that a lot of folks may not know. Now, if we're looking at the actual numbers, we're not talking about a gigantic percentage of our budget every year. I mean, every budget has a code, and everything that we have when we associate funding has a specific line associated with a specific code. But I come back to that same thing, though, Brian. It goes back to this, this this essential question of: Would we have been better off if we had saved the money and spent it here in some way, right? Like if we just if we just said, you know what, forget the WHO. We already have a CDC. Let's just let our CDC do the job. Let's pull the money away from them, and let's give that money to and keep it here, sort of inside our borders, right? Well, the idea. I, I don't know if I can necessarily get along with that because a pandemic is something that doesn't just affect. America. It affects globally. If we, if there's a problem in China, we're ultimately going to have a problem in America. Yeah, but the question is, what's the effectiveness? So like the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation being involved, they've kind of said that, that it's brought this, they call it the Gates effect. They call it, that's what they actually call it, the Gates effect. Because Bill Gates, we know what he is. He's a genius, right? But he's a businessman and he's a computer guy. And so he's going to want to systemize things. He's going to want to run the World Health Organization and and these other organizations that try to fight pandemics, they don't run it like Microsoft. And in a way, you got to say that might be a good thing. Well, one of the things, though, that really, I think, separates him from the politicians that we're hearing and the uh, sort of the MSNBC versus Fox News is that he looks at the world as one family. That's and a good he, point. Seen, he sees the right. entire earth as, you know, one but the bottom dollar. line is, if you're sending your money away and it's not effective, maybe we'd be better off keeping it here. Folks, if you'd like to join the discussion, uh, you can reach us at 1-800-222-5222. Once again, 1-800-222-5222. We're going to have to take a short break right now. When we get back, we're going to take some more of your calls. As we listen to the iconic Little Richard. Should we be thinking about America first? Keep a knock Are we spending come too in? much money on foreign aid? Should we just worry we, about home? I think Little Richard would probably just be above all of it. Love everybody. Yes, love everybody. We'll be right back, folks. Kind folks, <laughs> raw American power. This is something that we Listen have. Piano, he like bangs on. This is just an icon. We lost a great one, folks. Little Richard uh, passed it into the higher realm today, age of eighty-seven. I'm very happy to say it had nothing to do with COVID. Uh, his passing. 
but we're never going to have one like him. What's interesting is he was around back when this stuff was starting. The foreign, like our Foreign Assistance Act and the Marshall Plan. He was around back then. Absolutely, eighty-seven. Folks. That's a long time. And you know, when we think about what it is that our leaders say and what their, our leaders do, they're always on some level. They have to be accountable to the voters. They have to be accountable to us. So at the end of the day, regardless of what happens in Washington, at some point, the most important thing is not so much what happens, but how the average American or how the the, pers- the people uh, that are going to be responsible for voting and just responsible for just determining the pulse of what it is that we feel is important, how they interpret that. So when we start talking about the WHO, like most Americans... This was an organization that was completely uh, non-existent in our consciousness prior to the last few months. Uh, so, but they were that, they were there doing their job. Uh, well, people argue whether they were doing a good job or not, but they right. were there every day since 1948 doing their job. But tell us a little bit about what their role is. I mean, what exactly are their functions uh, internationally? Well, first of all, it's important, I think, again, to understand how they get how they're funded. So there's two portions of money, again, to say it. There's this assessed amount. It's basically the United Nations going around and saying, look, everybody that's a member of the United Nations and everyone that's a member of the WHO, here's how big you are. Here's your population. This is your share of what you should pay to keep us running. We expect you to pay this amount. Yeah, now, of course, you if you don't pay it, it's not like something bad's going to happen to you. Right. But this is something that we expect <laughs> that you're yeah. going to pay. And 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 that's actually an interesting point that we'll probably come to later on. But but then there's this other chunk, which is the biggest chunk for the United States and for our closest allies. There's this bigger chunk that is a voluntary amount. And so that voluntary amount, what's interesting about it is that it's earmarked. Right. So what we do is we don't just send... I think people have this impression that we just take six or seven hundred million dollars and just kind of sort of send it away and then tell them, decide what you want to do with it. You know, just take the money and just spend it any way you want. That's not how it works. So the United States takes that our six hundred and fifty six million that we gave 2018, 2019, and we earmark it. We say, you know, we want you to work on polio eradication. A lot of people don't know polio is still a problem. They're trying to make it complete. They're trying to completely eliminate it, not just keep it down, completely eliminate it. And that's actually the biggest chunk of the money that we send to the WHO on the order of about 120 million for the two year period. But there's other stuff too, like uh, increasing access to health services and nutrition services and fighting tuberculosis. Tuberculosis is a big thing. So all these numbers add up. Well, when you talk about an organization whose, whose mission is to promote global health, I mean, there's an idea that is something that is very interesting to me and I think very important. And that is, say someone in, name, you name the country, say someone in Madagascar develops a problem. We're not really going to think about that normally. That's the Madagascar. That's the person's problem. But if, if there is an infectious disease, the very upright consciousness is that even if that person is on the other end of the globe, it's everybody's we problem. We need to know about it, right? These right. are these are the types of things that are everyone's problem. Well, there's a different way to look at the WHO and from that perspective in our most recent C word problem. And here's how it goes: If it was just the CDC and that maybe we got some kind of word that there was some problem over in China, we all know China didn't let the CDC in, right? And that was a big problem. Well, it, at least it was made letting, into a big problem. It was made into a big problem, but at I, least they were letting the WHO. And the point is, is that when you've got this. A big organization that all of the countries are a member of, and they feel like they got a little bit of a share of a voice in them. At least they'll come and talk. So at right. least we find out something about what's going on in the other parts of the world. And when you really think about this, uh, one of the things that was very controversial, I always had a problem with it, 
was we were calling or the the administration, the Trump administration was calling COVID. I said it. Ah, you they did. were calling it. I knew you were going to do the it. The Chinese virus. They were calling it the Chinese virus and it was it had become politicized as something that existed in China. And I, I heard uh, the, the president say on many occasions, this is something that should not have, should not have ever gone anywhere. It should not be here. It should not have happened. And the, the idea behind that is that if somehow China had done the right thing here and and they had done everything exactly perfect, the virus never would have reached the United States. Well, and the, the corollary thought is all of our suffering must somehow be related to China's negligence. That's sort of my point in talking about the voluntary spending, though, because right. if all this money that we send off, a good you know good chunk of it is this voluntary spending, if we earmark it all, and we said that to prevent and control outbreaks, we're going to give you $14 million out of the total bucket that we gave, which makes up basically like 2% of everything that we earmarked. Clearly, we didn't care that much about preventing and controlling outbreaks in the WHO's perspective. Exactly. Right? But is there any way, Jim, Before it started. In terms of just logically what we have when we have a pandemic, is there any logical way that you can make the uh, definitive statement that this never would have left China if X, Y, or Z had had been done? I say there's no way you can say that. There's no way you can do that. It's eventually going to get out. It has touched every country. This is the type of thing that is so easy to transmit that there's 357 million people in America and you just logically can't connect the dots with any degree of precision to say that with every person that may have been exposed to this in Asia, that it never would have gotten here. Yet, because of the politicization because of the partisan way in which this has been portrayed, we have not uh, been able to distance ourselves from the idea that this is something that was caused well, by China. Exactly. And, and perpetuated by and, China. And the thing is, is that, as we've said in past shows, China's got a lot of blame here without a doubt. But does the blame game get us anywhere? So it comes that that argument comes full circle when we're talking about the WHO. So would it have been better just to let the WHO do its job, right, and not try to turn it into a political football, not try to blame anybody? Because now what you're going to do is you're going to set the other guys off, and they're going to lock down, right? Now they're going to get mad, and they're not going to let you in. And now your CDC can't come in either. None of you can come in, and it was (laughs) never our fault. It was your fault, actually. if you'd it's like to join totally the discussion, confused. folks, we'd love to hear from you. You can reach us at 1-800-222-5222. Once again, 1-800-222-5222. The idea is, should it be America's responsibility with regard to funding when we have a situation where we are actually supporting so many other countries, doing so many things to so many other countries? Yeah, is this something that should be limited to America? Uh, are we spending too much in foreign aid? Is this something that we should be considering looking at through a different lens? That's the other point to make again. So going back to what I said earlier, the issue of remittance, remittance. So that's essentially where people are living here from another country. They're working here, but they take a chunk of their money and they send it overseas. Now, it's their money. So should they be allowed to do that? Well, of course. I mean, it's their money. They earned it. But the point is, it's a tremendous amount of money relative to the money we spend. So if... 
the United States government spends approximately $50 billion a year on all forms of foreign aid. They call it Function 150 budgeting. That's the code it gets. If they're doing that, $50 billion a year from the government, it's $150 billion a year in remittance. In other words, $150 billion a year leave the U.S. economy and go to other countries, and the federal government doesn't have anything to do about it. And one of the interesting things about it is $50 billion is a big number. But if you're thinking about, okay, you're in your car, you're driving, how much money do you think we spend on foreign aid? Most people would probably say, I don't know, 10%. 10%, yeah. That's maybe 20%. Number. That's what the polls say. That's the average. Yeah. But the actual number is only 1%. It's actually less than 1% of our budget. Yeah. Less than 1% For of our budget. For all spending. That includes, so you got like the list. That includes our military spend, uh, military aid that we send to Israel, Jordan, Egypt, Ethiopia, Afghanistan, Iraq. I mean, I'll go down the list. South Africa even gets money. Uh, Ukraine was a huge right. thing, right? That includes all of that, plus all the money we send to the UN, plus the money we're sending to WHO, which is part of that, plus all of the other economic assistance packages that we, less than 1%. And, and it's really, it really is just, just, you know, less than 1%. Less than 1%. So the idea is there's always going to be a lot of talk when it comes to a subject like this. And it's as if there's going to be an idea that, well, we have to look at this in terms of we are spending too much money in helping people uh, that don't deserve it. Or we're spending too much money overseas or we're spending too much money uh, and our, our, our resources are being wasted and dissipated uh, in other nations. When you really look at it. It's only 1%. And also, of that 1%, a substantial portion is military aid. Yeah, a good chunk of it. But actually, if you take the $50 billion number, so it's $14.7 billion. Basically, $15 billion a year goes to what they would call military aid. And then a lot of that stuff is – it's the idea where – so they're going to give a – they're going to sell a tank or sell some guns or sell some bombs to another country – but we're never really going to expect to get paid back for it, kind of like the Lend-Lease program that right. started in World War II. So there's this idea that it's going to be paid back someday, but we kind of know it never is. So that gets lumped into the number that we're effectively sending out every year. But that's $15 billion out of the 50. So have you ever thought about this, Jim? If we are one – of, one, one of the interesting things always has to go back to education and the way that we are essentially raised – as Americans, do we really have, from the way that we're raised as children through schools, are there, do we have a global consciousness? I mean, do we think about other nations the same way that we think about ourselves? Do we think about other languages as something that should be taught in our schools? Well, do see, we think about, I mean, or do we just have the idea that we are America and there's the rest of the world. The U.S. is a very giving – we're a very giving mm -hmm. people. Americans are very charitable. And if if you look at the charity numbers that we spend, you know, $500 billion a year in charity basically. But a relatively small percentage of that goes to international aid. But the point is is that we as a people are a giving people. So I, right. I think that probably most people say, okay, well, yeah, I think we should send foreign aid out. It's probably good for us in a lot of ways. But I also suspect that a lot of people are – are concerned, especially now, especially with the C word thing, right. that maybe the money's not being spent well. Maybe it's not being administered properly. And that's a big question. It is. Folks, we're going to take a short break. And when we get back, we're going to continue the discussion. We're going to talk about some pretty important numbers that you probably aren't familiar with. 
as we pay tribute to a great American, a great man. He represents all of us. Maybe we should start calling him Big Richard. I think he was, I probably was a really giving guy. You think so? Absolutely. We're going to be right back, folks. Folks, welcome back. We are KBC Talk Radio 790. We're sitting at the clock. You are listening to A Nation Divided. You can reach us during the week at nationdividedradio.com. And we're hearing the iconic music. You know, I'm reminded of a quote by Eleanor Roosevelt. It's a fantastic quote. And she says, America is all about speed. Hot, nasty, badass speed. What? That is Eleanor Roosevelt. It is one of the most famous quotes. I'm I'm going to give it to you one more time. Check you on that, dude. America is all about speed. I don't believe you. Hot, nasty, badass speed. And I've always loved that quote. And when you think about it, we're looking at Little Richard, and we're looking at the life of Little Richard. And we're thinking about the energy and the music. And we're thinking about that uniquely American cultural phenomenon, which came to be known as rock and roll, which started as the blues. And these are the types of things that define our culture in ways that no other uh, nation or no other national consciousness has ever approximated. And this is something that all started with People like Little Richard. Right. And it's it's really fascinating because I'm always fascinated by how we see ourselves in relation to our community. Do you only think about your block? Do you think about the whole city? Do you think about the whole country? Do you think about the entire world? I mean, if you look at your response to any question, like, for example, healthcare, there's one person which says, well, if that person doesn't have insurance, that's their problem. Right. But that consciousness can also say, look, if somebody in South Dakota that I don't know comes down with a rare form of cancer and I have to pay a little bit more in taxes to help that person, I'm looking at that person like they're – it's like the same thing like it would be happening to me. Well, there's the insurance way of looking at it as well to say that, hey, if I take care of somebody else a little bit, if I'm able – Maybe there'll be someone there to take care of me. Right. right. We're going to pay in so that we're going to get it back at some point. And, you know, we've had this this basic forms of this discussion have come up throughout the time in which we've been working together. And when we were looking at, for example, the idea of, of universal health care, the idea of uh, we had a show about should a person that is an undocumented immigrant, uh, should they be able to have access to health care? Most of our listeners thought that that was a bad idea. A lot of Americans think that's a bad idea. But when you look at it this way, say there becomes a disease like tuberculosis, for example. If a person is undocumented and they don't have access to the cure, it's only a few dominoes that are going to fall before that disease spreads to everyone. And, you know, the topic that we were talking about today specifically, which is foreign aid. Uh, the concept of funding to 
a subsidiary of the United Nations, such as the World Health Organization? Is it too much? Is it too little? We also start thinking about we're dealing with a pandemic that conceptually cannot even be considered to be limited to the United States. We'll go back to the W. Go back to what you were just saying a minute ago about our health care system, the cost of health care. Should, should there be universal health care? And let's compare the budget for the WHO to some other stuff like, for instance, hospitals. Right. So the World Health Organization, including all the money we send and all the other countries that send money, has a per year budget of $2.4 billion. So they fund every they fund in two-year cycles $4.8 billion. Divide that by two, it's $2.4. $2.4 billion is what some of the big hospitals in the country like a Cedars-Sinai or UCLA, that's their budget. Right. So the organization that we're funding to hopefully prevent outbreaks of diseases like this, of which we earmark a tiny itty-bitty little bit of what we send them to be just for that mission. That organization's got the budget of like one of our hospitals, which there's one of two problems with that. Either A, we're not spending enough money with WHO, or B, we're spending way too much money on healthcare here. Well, you know, it's just these these are the issues that kind of are always going to be coming up. But I think as we move into what is going to become a very hotly contested political cycle, oh, yeah. we have to look at what is it that we're being told and how are these issues going to play out. And I don't know. We were just kind of talking about this, Jim. We, we had kind of a curveball. Everyone got thrown a curveball. Uh, but in terms of how this is going to play out uh, in the current uh, – well, the, the, the political uh, fight that is going to be between Biden and Trump, do you think that – Anyone's mind is going to be changed one way or another for or against Trump, for or against Biden, based on their response in the last three or four months. Well, I I would like to think that it would, but probably it doesn't. Right. That's the thing that always bothers me about these numbers or these crazy calls. We're going to cut off funding for the WHO. What's that even mean? Well, first of all, we owe them money. We haven't paid them for the past two years. So we're, we're basically behind like $200, $300 million in our payments. Not that that's something we had to spend. Right. But so in the first place, we haven't even been paying them. So when you say we're going to cut off, fun, cut, cut off, cut off what funding? The funding. I'm going to stop paying my cable bill. Well, yeah. you haven't paid it since 2016. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. If you're wondering yeah. about something, it's just <laughs> like, yeah, be a break. We have, we, but that, that's something a lot of folks didn't know. But I think it was more just the demonstrative gesture of you did not do the right thing. Uh, you did not respond to this quick enough. Therefore, I'm going to slam you with something. I think I'm going thing, to hit that you. I'm was the thing that you were something. worried about. You said this earlier, and and I I tend to agree with you. I still say it's valid to look at these numbers, and I wish we could find out what more people to say about it. But well, the thing that really bothers me on the most fundamental level is making politics and equating politics with the response to a universal problem such as a microscopic right. virus, and, and to deflect, and making it political and having partisan yes. thought right. basically impact. The way we see this disease, which should be everybody's problem. If there's ever a, a situation in which you throw away the party lines, if there's ever a situation in which you completely ditch uh, red and blue states, uh, Republican, Democrat, all that, it should be when you're dealing with a common enemy. And the common enemy is something that is completely microscopic. And the, the, the issue that I always had uh, with with what is happening is that it become it became a partisan issue uh, in terms of everything even from the from the point of of whether we should open up uh, the businesses sooner mm-hmm. whether we should we sure. should I mean, all of these things turned into 
uh, politically motivated. You get these really stark lines of people that identify as either Republican or Democrat. And right. Democrats are going to say X and Republicans are going to say Y. And sometimes you wonder if people are really thinking about it. And, and you know, you look at all of the voices because, OK, for example, there, there have been the emergence of several people uh, that have become really uh, integral uh, to the response to this. You have Dr. Fauci on one end. You have uh, Governor Cuomo, who has become a rock star in all oh, of yeah, this. Totally. He has just become a complete legend. And it, it all has to do with what people are, how, the, how people are interpreting their news and, you know, where they're getting it from. And we all have certain things that we want to believe, uh, but we really aren't getting a straight answer uh, from any one particular source. I think that people want to, it's natural for people to want to find fault. Right. They want to find out what happened because that makes them feel better at night. When they go to sleep, they can say, ah, this was the reason right. and it won't happen again. So I can sleep well. Yeah. They, that's what they're looking for. They want to find a reason. And so maybe it's a WHO. It's their fault. Okay. It'll be their fault. Or it's just the Chinese. That's their fault. Right. Right. And, and you know, I, we've always, I've always had fundamentally had an issue with that. But one of the things that I think may color the discussion that we, we haven't talked about that is very significant is that. We went through a very serious problem, the likes of which our present situation doesn't even compare. And that is what was called the Spanish flu. There you go, Spanish flu. You love it. Well, I don't like calling it that because it wasn't it it, it originated in in America. It didn't originate in Spain, but Spain was the only country that could report about it because of the the restrictions on the press at the time. But now I think you could make a very fair argument to say that if the CDC existed back then, yes, that there would not have been the epidemic that there was with the Spanish flu. You had something like seven, what was it? 675,000 people died in America alone. 50 million, 50 million deaths worldwide. Back when the population of the world was way lower than it is now. Right. Now we're not going to even have anything coming close to that as it relates to our present situation. But still, we still have not looked at the pandemic in 1918 as an American problem or as uh, something that was caused uh, by our slow response to it, we see it as a problem that affected the whole globe. Well, why is it now, when we fast forward to 2020, that our present consciousness seems to have to blame? Lay it off. Or seems to have to yeah. associate blame uh, with it. And, you know, these are some things that when we had a real problem, I mean a real serious problem, we weren't even thinking that way. Yeah, but we and, seem to be thinking that way. Now. And I'm definitely not. I would never. I would not play the blame game. That's the what we've been trying to say the last few weeks. But right. take the CDC for example on this thing. So the CDC budget is four times the budget of the entire World Health Organization. Right. Just the CDC alone. So our organizations inside the United States are relatively well funded. They're smart people. People were calling for it. There's been a lot of controversy over who was saying this could happen and how much. Uh, let's call it interaction there was with the current administration over those issues. But the fact is the CDC, as well-funded as it is, kind of didn't give us the answer either. I mean, they certainly, there's a lot of, there's a, a, there are a lot of mixed messages even from the CDC right now. So let me ask you this, Jim, as we move out of this and as we, as we kind of move towards the, uh, do, do you think that you're seeing a light at the end of the tunnel right now, Jim? In terms of our uh, being able to just go back to sort of a normal life. And my question really for you, brother, is after we get through all of this and after we move forward, 
And as we put this into some kind of a perspective, will we look at this in terms of something that was someone's fault? Or will we just look at this in terms of a really horrible thing that we went through as a nation? I always look at the numbers. And so for me, when I look at the numbers that that we're talking about, just in terms of funding for the WHO or funding for the UN in general, or then we look at the entire federal budget, it's always best to, and it makes the most sense to draw that stuff back to GDP, right, gross domestic product, and then talk about GDP per capita. And so here's the bottom line for me. There's no way we get out of this thing with a GDP per capita of $62,794 no, per year like we had in 2018. And we need that that GDP per capita number to be able to fund at the level we've been funding, funding the UN, funding the WHO, keeping things going around the globe. And if we don't have that going, right. how far behind the ball do we get the next time? Well, I always look at it in numbers, too. But the numbers that I look at are the number of people that died. And that is... At the end of the day, I think the most important thing. Folks, we're going to be back next week. Uh, We're going to be talking about some limits on presidential power. We're going to be talking about some of the cases that are in the Supreme Court right now that are actually going to change the tone of the president and what the president can do and can't do. We haven't had anything like this come up since Watergate, folks. Times, they are a-changing. And remember... Even if we don't agree with you folks, we love you all. Be safe out there. Hey, y'all! This show is furnished by The Cochran Firm.